Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Geek Rant, episode 294, North of the Border, recorded July 16th, 2017, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the only show on the internet where geeks rant. My name is Mark, sometimes called the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel, and joining me this week, all the way from the great frozen north of Canada, are, uh, well, one of them anyway, are your your stalwart co-hosts, Seth the Gooey Kid Anderson and Miles the Aussie Deneer Wakeham. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, and welcome Element OB Faithfulites. We're so glad you joined us again. Hello, hey. <laughs> hey? <laughs> Have you had any Molson yet? Yeah. No, but just this Molson stickers everywhere, <laughs> signs, umbrellas, everything. <laughs> so you're in Toronto, right? Toronto, as they call it. Yes, I am. I am in Toronto and Ontario. Right. And Seth, you'll be traveling north uh, right after you hang up here, pretty much, right? Uh, I am. I actually have my alarm set pre six o'clock in the morning tomorrow to get up and begin my trek across, trek across. Um, a part of the United States, I'm planning to go to Pennsylvania for a week. Nice. So, so everybody else is traveling. I was like, you know, I got to go somewhere too. I can't be left out. Go meet some Amish people. You know, I, I don't know. I've not looked where Amish country is in relation to where I'm going. A friend of mine, um, is a pastor of a church in, um, Pennsylvania. And so I was just like, Hey, I'm going to go see them for a week and say, Hey, and then come back. So, yeah, for reasons that really make no sense at all, um, summer is one of the busiest times uh, at my job. It doesn't seem like logical, but yet it is. Um, and so I'm actually taking a whopping three days off this week, um, Thursday, Friday, and, and Monday of next week. So while you guys are, are traveling all over the continent, I, I'm considering maybe driving an hour and a half south to go to a petting zoo. Um, that's, that's pretty much the extent of my vacation. Oh. Uh, spend your tourist dollars lately. <laughs> oh, and uh, since Miles is in Canada, I don't know if I've done it on the show before, but I have to. Uh, did you know that Canada was a name specifically invented for Canadians to spell? C-A-N-A-D-A? <laughs> oh, boo. Very good. Yeah. Very I'll good. have to run that by my, my, my Canadian friend sometime uh, of course when I, I just thought it was funny he's a he has become a u.s citizen so anytime i call him canadian he says no i'm american now um so i i just uh i'm not gonna put any pictures up or anything but i finished the island that i had been working on uh for my wife that i've complained about on this show many times so um woodworking project accomplished it looks beautiful from a distance just don't look too close um and and people, you know, I posted a couple pictures on Facebook, and people were like, "Yeah, that looks professional." Right. That's why I posted those pictures. Um, <laughs> we won't mention the angles that don't quite match up, and the you know eighth of an inch dip here and there. But yeah, other than that, the wood sure is pretty. So uh, yeah, I have built a twenty-four by forty-eight by thirty-six inches tall island um, with two cabinet doors and shelving space inside. It was a fun project. Uh, probably took me. I'm going to say 100 hours of actually active working time. Probably 50 of that was undoing uh, work done in another 50. So, uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Norm Abrams, I am not. You could use your husband cred to get her to agree to buy you a laser cutter. Yeah, This maybe. is the opportunity now. 
Uh, see, the problem is she's all for that. She would say, just spend, you know, infinity dollars. Oh. It's fine. I am the cheapskate. Uh, I can't make myself, I mean, uh, pay for, you know, $150 of sander because it would make things easier now I, I i'm fine with what i got i can put some more duct tape on this one it'll be fine um at, at one my daughter uh, my oldest daughter has been helping me with this off and on um selfishly she wants me to get to the next project she wants me to build something for her and i keep telling her i can't do that until i finish this for your mom so <laughs> i've been getting a lot of help um and at one point i told her i just need you to understand that your father is about to do something stupid I don't want you to be sitting around years from now talking with your friends about, yeah, this is the way you're supposed to do that because I saw my dad do that. No, your dad is about to be an idiot, but this is the tool I have. This is the job that needs to be done, and I'm going to do it. Um, so just understand, I- I'm, pr- I'm pretty much using a sledgehammer to swat a fly at this point. Well, remember, if brute force doesn't work, you're simply not using enough. So that, you know, when you're doing projects around the house, far too often men forget that most ancient right. rule. Yeah, I was, I had a an edging around the the top that didn't line up right, mainly because the wood is as wavy as, as the ocean. Um, and so I had to make that match. And so rather than use a router which i have one but i'm a little afraid of it honestly or uh you know take it to a uh, a mill and have them use a pointer or whatever now i just whipped out the old uh um um belt sander and shaved about three-eighths of an inch off of a piece of wood it was stupid but it worked i don't know that sounds good to me <laughs> grind 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 actually it was even worse than that i'm, I'm giving myself too much credit I didn't have the right belt for the belt sander, so I actually did it with a palm sander until I finally gave up and went and got the belt sander. Because uh, Home Depot is 1.3 miles from my house. I just didn't want to put shoes on uh, and go and, and do that. So instead, no, I was wearing shoes in the in the shop. No, don't Safety police, don't go after me. That was just metaphorically speaking. Um, I, I didn't want to go spend three ninety five on the right sanding belt. So instead, I spent an hour of my life with a palm sander. So stupid but got the job done. Well, that's cool. Big, big dumb stamp. Yeah. And uh, now she's like, now for the next thing, (sighs) since you did such a great job on that, I really should have messed it up, I guess, a little more. Um, No, 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 no. Because you're building, you know, you're you're banking in that you're putting debits in the love bank. So, (laughs) yep. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of the marriage, uh, self-help marriage stuff that talk about that. You know, you, you, instead of taking credits out, you know, using, you know, using up the stuff in the relationship, you're putting it in there. So, you know, later, whenever, I don't know, any just good stuff. So I hear, I don't have much practical, um, knowledge on the subject. She's been on me for a while to make some of these floating shelves in the kitchen because floating shelves are all the raised on Pinterest these days. I've never, I've never built one. I don't know how to build one. But I didn't know how to make a butcher block countertop either. So, you know, that that's the actually the only reason I took that on is because I didn't know how to do it. I don't want to do things I know how to do. Uh, for floating shelves, you just need to make sure you're uh, in a stud or something up up top of the ceiling and just make sure the wire's strong enough, right? No, that's, that's, that's a hanging shelf. That's not a floating shelf. Oh. A floating shelf is where you can't see any of the supports. It looks like a piece of wood glued to the side of the wall. Ah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, moving on. Um, very quick uh, review of uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, doesn't suck. 
um, had a great potential to suck. It really did. Uh, Tom Holland, uh, I think best Peter Parker, maybe not best Spider-Man, but best Peter Parker on film yet. Um, really enjoyable, if entirely predictable plot line. Uh, there was actually one um, plot point, one curve that, that caught me off guard. And, and for me, that's rare. I usually have the whole plot figured out within the first 10 minutes of the movie. And they, they actually threw me a curve that I didn't see coming. So props to Marvel on that one. Um, but yeah, go see it. It's worth seeing. Yeah, you t- I was going to talk about Spider-Man, Mark. How dare you take my thunder? <laughs> but no, I, I, I thought it was really good. I am super happy they did not do an origin story. You know, that they just hey he's spider-man i mean obviously in the movie it comes out he hadn't been spider-man for very long so part of the movie is learning how to be spider-man but i thought it was i thought it was really good um the you know of course it's marvel so there's always scenes after the movie the the second scene at the end of the credits is maybe the best marvel scene ever um yeah, see, i thought I it was i didn't have that same response to it but i will say aunt may has the best line of the movie and it's the last line of the movie the absolute yeah. last words spoken in the movie are the best line of the movie yes i will i will agree with that but uh i you know i just thought the one thing i didn't like is they said it was eight years after the events in uh the first avengers movie so if it's eight years after that then it can't be set in current day so well that would put it essentially concurrent with the civil war timeline well no because civil war was set in current day when it came out last year and last year was only like five four or five years since the first avengers movie so yeah and and it is it is unquestionably an avengers movie it's not a Spider-Man movie. It's not a Marvel movie. It's an Avengers movie. Well, and actually, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has morphed into the Robert Downey Jr. Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yes. I, 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 he must have had some awesome contract with them that says, you're not allowed to make a Marvel movie that I'm not in anymore ever. So uh, my, one of the few flaws I have with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Tony Stark is, in fact, God. And um, I just... He's far too powerful from the version of Marvel that I remember. Uh, you know, I mean, not that Ant Man's a weak superhero, but he shouldn't be able, or Iron Man, I mean, but he shouldn't be able to stand up to the Hulk or, you know, to Thor in a regular fight. But anyway, I, that's one small thing is that just Iron Man is set up as too strong. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that, but that's a very minor nitpicking point. I, I did enjoy the movie. Visually, the movie is good. Still, we're not ready for digital actors. There are a number of scenes where Spidey is flipping around, and it's it. There's no question that's a computer. There's that's not a human, and uh, you know it's it's frustrating because in some cases, like the Hulk, for example, you look at the Hulk in uh, the 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 two Avengers movies. And it's hard to forget, even though he's a big green guy. And maybe that's it, because the uncanny valley isn't an issue when you're looking at a big green guy. Maybe it's easier to believe. But when you're looking at at web-slinging Spider-Man, there were several moments where it completely took me out of the movie because it looked so amateurish. It was was Tobey Maguire amateurish 20 years later. You know, and I think um, whatever, not the, yeah, the the second Spider-Man series, um, they, to me, that was much better at you know the uh the fake person this look this is almost like that um that 
Matrix fan film, yeah, <laughs> bad of of them hopping across cars on the freeway. It was almost that level of bad. I I agree with you. It was like it was like I was back in time to 2008 or something. So, but but yeah, you know that that was a visual um, deduction, right? All right, enough about that, Miles. What you doing in Canada? I just got out of the heat in Arizona. (laughs) This is a a norm where I come from. It's like no one wants to spend three or four months of their life in that sort of heat. So is everybody you're meeting from Arizona? (laughs) No. No. Okay, so it's a good point. I got to Toronto, and I'm thinking, you know, last international airport I flew into was JFK, which was a zoo. I mean- Billion people took four hours to get through immigration and everything. And so I'm thinking, Canada? Who goes to Canada, right? Uh-uh. <laughs> I got to Pearson, Toronto Airport, hour and a half to get through that one. It was the same thing. They put you through the cattle call line. It went It went forever. It, it, was, it was incredible. I've never seen so many people in an airport. Uh, well, I have, JFK. But this was it just as – it's up there. It's the same deal. And then I realized why. It took me a while, but this is a very multicultural city. I mean, there's people from everywhere here. This is like the United Nations of residents. Um, you look in every, every ethnicity, whatever that is, is represented. Everybody. You've got, and it, it, it's wonderful. If, if you want a diversity, this is the place to come to. Um, that, but they all come here. And I think the reason is, uh, without wanting to be political, I don't think they want to go to the United States this year. Um, there's a, you know, a general kind of message like, we don't want you to visit us that's been received loud and clear by the Europeans um, politically, and they're not wanting to come to the USA. So next best thing, we'll go to Canada. And so, of course, they're going to Canada, and this place has just been deluged with visitors. Um, so, you know, it's great. It's diverse. Uh, it's, it's not overcrowded to the point where it's uncomfortable. Um, it's a great place to visit. This, the city is beautiful. Um, it's just wonderful. And, but man, it's very, very busy at the moment. And it's U.S. adjacent. If you want, you know, if you want American culture without having to go to America, uh, Toronto is a good place to go to get it. You can literally pick up American television. Right, it's true, and we drove for an hour uh, south today and went to Niagara Falls, which, you know, if you look on the other side of the water, it's New York State, Uh, and I've been to the New York side of Niagara Falls before and not to the Canadian side. Um, Just a fun fact for anybody who is wanting to visit Niagara Falls, see the Canadian side of it, because you actually get to see the whole thing. It's absolutely beautiful. The U.S. side of it, you can get really up close and personal to the to the waterfalls, but you're on the side where the water's falling in. You don't get the perspective you get to see from the Canadian side of it. Um, but, yeah, one hour, and you're at the borderline. So it, it's really easy. Man, it takes me longer than that to reach the border of my state. So, <laughs> In any direction. Yeah, me, <laughs> yep. yeah, me too. But you know, it's yeah. funny. It's funny you say that because in the last like three weeks, I've been to Mexico, US, mm-hmm. and Canada. I am Mister NAFTA. <laughs> nice. Uh, I like it. Now you just need to go to China. 
and then you can be like Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, let's move on to a little bit of listener feedback. John Mark gets crazy technical. Um, I think there's some good stuff here, but it was over my head. So I'm going to read it and let our super smart audience tell me what he meant. He says, Mark, you said something in the podcast regarding building things with your own hands. I saw a video in which a lady by the name of Jerry Ellsworth built a transistor in her kitchen using silicon chemicals and a special oven. She then presented what she had done at Maker Fairs and won an award. For years, I've been trying to understand how a bipolar junction transistor works. Over the years, I've read a number of descriptions, but they never quite worked for me. But recently, I began to look at the BJT as two separate devices, the emitter and the collector, that are connected by an electric effect. I decided that I could model the emitter as light, as a light-emitting diode, and the collector as a photodiode slash solar cell. So in this example, the emitter literally emits light, and the collector literally collects light. The LED shines the light into the photodiode, coupling the two by photoelectric effect. I bought some parts and constructed a transistor, and in the process, I've learned more about transistors and transistor circuits. I've only begun to scratch the surf- surface of what's possible. A homebrew transistor built from off-the-shelf parts is in many ways inferior to factory-made transistors, except in the area of education. Actual BJTs do not work on the photoelectric fa- effect. I think they work on the reverse recovery effect, where the fur- forward current in the emitter causes a reverse current in the collector. When in the common emitter configuration, the BJT works on a fractional gain positive feedback. This uh, is positive feedback where the gain is less than one. If the gain is greater than one, then the transistor will saturate and latch on like a silicon-controlled rectifier. But if the gain is less than one, then the base current controls the collector current. Actually, the gain needs to be more than 0.5 and less than 1, so if a gain is 0.75, then for every milliamp that flows through the emitter, it will cause a 0.75 milliamp flow through the collector, and this will give a common emitter direct current gain, beta of 3. So yes, building things with your own hands is of great benefit. You earn a lot uh, by trying to build things. You learn what the trade-offs have to be. So Miles, I'm sure you understood every word of that. I got lost in Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I just want to point out, I saw this episode of Stargate where the ancient <laughs> came and built a one-way Stargate with uh, stuff he ordered offline. So, you know, I thought that's what he was doing, was recapping that episode, and I followed along perfectly. Yeah, I was listening to it. I heard, transistor, blah, 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 transistor, blah, 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 blah. I felt like a dog, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I know one thing. We are reaching our geek audience perfectly. So he yes. is so representative of the demographic we wish to reach to. So that's good news. Yeah, I probably of the panel have the most uh, experience dealing with direct electronics. Um, but yeah, I've ne- I've I don't know what a silicon controlled rectifier is. Um, yeah, nothing. No, I mean if you really want to hear, uh, I went to uh, California once. We were driving through San Francisco, and I told my wife that we were about to drive. This is when we first came to America. That we were about to drive into the Silicon Valley, and she thought it was a town full of breast implants. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it is. Yeah, she, she's not wrong about that. All right. So anyway, uh, moving on. Keith says I talk way too fast. Says, having been a former Minuteman missile launch officer, I enjoyed your banter regarding North Korea and the explanations of 10 megaton versus 1 megaton more accurate ICBMs. You are correct. I'd also like to point out that in over a year, I've never visited the website for Geek Rant. The reason is because it's too hard to understand the actual website from your dialogue. I've thought the website was LNM 
lmnop.com, so it makes it kind of hard to respond when you say it so fast. Perhaps that was the idea as a way to filter out those who shouldn't respond. Thanks, guys, and enjoy your shows. So I'm always very careful at the very beginning of the show to say brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. I thought that's about as clear as I could be, but apparently not. It's element as in the periodic table of elements and Opie as in Opie Taylor from the uh, Handy Griffith Show dot com. Yeah. And we used to we used to say that every so often um, back in our um, everyday Linux days and other podcasts the network used to host. But it has been a long time since we've said anything other than elementsopie.com. And if he's somebody like us who plays things faster than the one X speed, <laughs> good point. Um, you know, then yeah, you just hear, you know, and uh, you know, occasionally whenever I'm listening for a technical word or a proper name, I have to slow it down to normal speed to hear, even though I understand everything else that is being said, I can't get that, you know, that technical name because it's like, I can't get the specific word enough to search and see what it is. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's the issue. Yeah. So this Keith, my hat's off to you, dude, a real minute man launch officer. Oh, wow. I'm not worthy. (laughs) <laughs> i bet that was a tough job just emotionally difficult uh, uh oh, yeah. boredom uh you know for days with the sort of damocles hanging over your head at the same time so it's i hope it's i like never have to do my boredom. job <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that's the kind of job where your boss gets mad at you if you do your job um so yeah it's element op and it is a play on lmnop that's that was the joke um, I took LMNOP and, and broke it into Element OP. Um, and the original logo for the website way back when was a periodic table of elements. And instead of oxygen, it had OP to- Taylor's face on it. Um, but as we grew, I was a little afraid that uh, MCM Universal might come after me. I don't have to know if that's who does it, but whoever the production company was. So I changed it to uh, the little flying guy that we call Jack. He's a jumping jack. Um, so that's our logo for no particular reason. I just hired an artist friend of mine and said, make a logo. And she said, what do you want it to be? I said, a logo. And that's where it came from. All right. Moving on. Michael reminds us about private browsing on the July 5th show. Someone ranted about ads following him around in his web browser. Two suggestions. One private browsing mode should get rid of cookies and other traces. Both Firefox and Chrome can be started in private mode with an extra parameter Uh, on windows. It's easily done by making a second uh, desktop icon for the browser that has this parameter, probably doable on Mac OS too. I'm not a Mac user Two, both Firefox and Chrome uh, can be configured to always throw away browsing history and cookies sort of a permanent private browsing mode with explicitly using private browsing mode making exceptions for the few websites you want slash need to save data for is not that hard in firefox for example tools options privacy has an options to get rid of both cookies and browsing history when the browser is shut down the equivalent exists in chrome so uh there you go seth we've talked about this before i think your rant was mainly that you had to do that not that you couldn't do it Right. And also I, I talked about wanting to, you know, because if, if you part of your terms of usage to be Facebook sheeple and Google sheeple and Amazon sheeple for that matter is you give us the right to see anything else you do on the, uh, on the web and they like reference either your computer or your email address or whatever. So if I had one computer, I only ever used 
to check email. And if I had another computer that I only ever used to check when I wanted to check Facebook, and then I had another computer that I only ever used when I wanted to buy stuff from Amazon. And then I had another computer that just when I wanted to, you know, like search news for this, the story or whatever like that, then, you know, in a way it, confounds the their data collection because all he ever does is go to facebook and if they were set up has virtual machines you know with a different operating system or whatever then you have you know i mean and again they it probably isn't anything it's just a moral victory saying haha i made you work to correlate data on me rather than just you know do shoving it up to you on a silver platter so that that was i think that is the one you were in reference right. to but yeah and also i i like you know oh yeah what was that website i can start typing it or whatever so anyway just you know yeah we've talked about it before and that that was what i was talking about the last time we had this conversation yeah I, in my experience chrome is the the real bad boy uh when i do a search on chrome on my phone I can be guaranteed to see an ad about it on Facebook later in the week. If I do that same search in Firefox on Linux, not so much. Uh, so it's it's almost 100% certain that if I search something on my phone, I will see it on Facebook within a couple of weeks. And I don't have the Facebook app installed on my phone. So it's got to be coming from um, the browser uh, or from some from Google itself reporting that data. Right, because you used, um, you know, you're signed in on that browser with that email, and then you're signed in on the phone with that email uh, with some app, and so that's why. Yeah, but the thing is, I'll be using Chrome on the phone and Firefox uh, on the laptop and seeing them, so it's not it's not a Chrome-to-Chrome Chrome transfer. It's a right. Google-to-Facebook transfer. Right. Uh, annoying, but other than that, it doesn't really bother me all that much. I mean, I'm going to see ads anyway. It might right. as well be ads for sandpaper since I've been shopping at Home Depot recently. Yeah, I I just, I hate the fact that they pretend like, and you know, and that's, I don't know. It's just like when I get a, you know, I'm the person that when I get a robocall, please hold for so-and-so. And then when they pick up, I say, I don't take calls from computers and I hang up on them. You know, I mean, what does that prove? Nothing. That's just like if i'm so important to talk to i want to have a person talk to me and not some machine attempting to mimic human interaction well what you need to do seth is add one line to that remove me from all your databases because under u.s law assuming they're u.s based they're required to honor that request yeah from their database but then you know immediately after that they sell their remove list to a third party that they then turn around and buy from and get it right back and while you know so you really don't do anything they're also allowed to, to take up to six months to remove you so right yeah. all right uh let's nice. move on to well, i'm sorry miles you were gonna say no i'm just saying that's very nice yes very nice of them and you know there's no reason for that law to be a thing i mean it's either tone deaf lawmakers who are like well I, what six months to do it instead of six seconds or it's heavily paid for lobbyists uh lawmakers saying yeah oh, okay let's make this as as mute as possible and give you six months um i don't know which it is uh my cynicism um leads me toward the latter over the former well there's i mean you know what are they going to do pay a one dollar fine um 
that that's nothing to them right. and so you know that's less than the cost of doing business they make more packaging my data and selling it to other people than any fine that you know that one and probably what happened that one company they made an example of and hit with a big fine the the trade association just paid the company the money to reimburse the fine so it was it was handled across the industry and then all of our prices went up a dollar and we didn't know why so it, there's just i mean we let the uh, corporations get too big because we don't care enough to do without something not that we need but something that we kind of would like to have is more important to us than being in control of our digital lives what you said i can't add to that two thumbs up all right so sorry this on. was going to be a happy show <laughs> let's move <laughs> on to the topic and and seth you were the one who wanted to talk about this and i'll let you do it but i just want to give a synopsis here uh this is a uh, a blog post essentially on a website called boldfame.com and i'm almost afraid i'm i'm, I'm a little leery about even talking about this because we're bringing attention to um, some pretty disreputable reputable uh, practices here, but you know, I, I it's worth talking about. So, Boldfame post, posted an article about a lawsuit uh, against Audible, and then said, "If you don't want to use Audible, here is a, a site that we like with not less than three referral links to their sites." Uh, so, this is clearly an ad. Uh, excuse me, four. This is clearly an advertisement masquerading as a blog post masquerading as news right and it was a you know and i mean of course this is a perfect example of one type of fake news there's other type of fake news but this was presented and i don't remember if it was a facebook suggested post or news story or if it was a link i I wish i would have remembered how i got here but it was presented as a news story of you know there's a class action lawsuit against audible well you go and this i mean to be honest this article mentions the class action lawsuit in passing but it's talking about an audible alternative which you know, on the face of it, just looking, I was like, oh, that, you know, it, I, if I were going to do the audible thing, I might try this place first because it seems to give you a better deal in one sense, a worse deal in other senses. But um, that's all it, you know, and so this is a commercial for a company competing with audible and then, of course, at the very end has an afterthought. They tack on the uh, a document and honestly, I don't even know if this document is real. Um, you know, it's kind of like an embedded PDF thing. And so it, it purports to be real, but I didn't even Google fact check it, you know, to see if it was real. I just assume it is. Maybe it is or isn't. I don't know. I should have, if I would have, if I were, if I would have thought ahead rather than just saying, Hey guys, let's talk about this. I would have researched and said, Hey, what do you know? This is an actual class action lawsuit. Um, but so I think, you know, it's reprehensible in one sense. I mean, Hey, you know, and the company that they're talking about, they might not even know this particular tactic is being used. I would find that hard to believe. But, you know, in one sense, hey, we're competing. We want some PR. How can we do this? I mean, maybe they're even behind the class action. You really don't know these days. But rather than being just an ad or just a blog post, 
hey, you know, here's these two, hey, you know, you want to you want to try Audible books? Here's these two companies. Audible's the one everybody's heard of. This other one is kind of the new kid on the block doing some neat things. Here's here's the um, values that each one offers. There would be nothing wrong with this, but it's masquerading has a legitimate news story when in actuality, it is a commercial for the competitor of Audible trying to use Audible's name and the advertising that Amazon has put into Audible for brand awareness to draw people to its site. So in one sense, guerrilla marketing, yay, but in another sense, it's just, it's so easy to be lied to on the internet and I'm a perfect example. I've done no verification of the claims they've made. I'm just railing against them for being a deceptive pseudo news site. There is a class action lawsuit, um, and it uh, goes back to the. I can find. It looks like it was actually presented in March of this year, but it was discussed as early as 2013, and so they, they were. They're calling it unfair practices, a bait and switch, uh, saying that for Audible, you pay $15 or $20 or whatever it is a month for um, uh, one or two credits. Uh, specifically, they allege the one credit. So you, you, you pay for the one credit thing, and Audible often uh, in their, uh, early on anyway, in their um, um, media said one credit equals one book. But that's not true. For super long books like Stephen King's The Stand for is an example I can come up with off the top of my head. It's maybe two credits for one book. And so these people are saying, you promised us a book a month when really we have to wait two months to get this particular book. Uh, and then the other thing they talk about is the fact that um, your credits expire. So, uh, but you, I think you get a year out of them. But, but anyway, the, the point is they do expire. So after a certain point, if you've been paying for this for a year and not spent any of your credits, you're paying for credits without actually gaining any credits. And then the third point is that if you stop paying, uh, all of your unspent credits go away. You get to keep the books you've already spent, but all of your unspent credits go away if you stop spending. So those are the three points of the class action lawsuit. Frankly, I don't think this would actually stand up in court. I think if it ever goes to court, it's going to be shot down because basically the class action lawsuit says, uh, yeah, we're agreeing to the terms that you said you would do when you signed. Because uh, these are all things that that are known to Audible people, and I'll go ahead and say the name Playster P L A Y S T R is the company that they're hawking here. And one of the things I wanted to, to discuss is who's responsible for this. Um, Playster looks like a valuable service. It's sort of a Netflix like. You don't ever get to keep anything, but as long as it's in their database, you can watch it, uh, read it, view it, listen to it as many times as you want. It's a it's a, a unified service. It's audiobooks, it's music, it's media, um, it's movies, it's television, it's, it's the whole thing. Um, so they're more of a Netflix service. Uh, you don't ever own the book, no matter what, uh, but you can listen to it as many times as you want, assuming their rights continue. We all know in the Netflix world, rights come and go. I don't know if that's how it is in the, in the book world. Um, but for the same amount... If you're a voracious listener for 15 bucks a month, you could listen to four, six, eight books for the cost of one book from Audible. So it actually seems like a pretty good deal. Uh, and I'm not sure that the service Playster is responsible for this. I think this is bold fame trying to, to flog their referral link so that they get some money. And bold fame may, may be completely unaware that it even, I mean, excuse me, Playster may be completely unaware that it even happened. Um 
And it and, might not even be bold fame. It might be a particular author right. of on bold fame. Well, and just reading through the comments, my BS meter goes off on a bot. There's only 12 comments, and then some of those 12 have responses to them. Uh, my BS meter hits the, the, the top of the line on about six of these 12 comments, meaning the either the author or some other shill for the company wrote those comments so this is this is spam in in a can in every way possible but i don't i want to i don't want to be quick to to blame playster for this because this may just be a side effect of them having referral links because i've seen some pretty crappy um people you know doing the same sort of thing for audible uh or amazon in general uh, flogging things, you know, uh, great Amazon deals, and you go there and it's not a deal at all, but you click their link and you got their cookie in your browser, and so now they own you for until you click another one or clear it. So, uh, yes, this is scumbaggery, but I'm not sure it's scumbaggery on the part of Playster. What do you guys think, just on the face of it? It's uh, a glorified chat spam, as far as I'm concerned, or, or comment spam. It used to be, you know, somebody would post a blog article and then allow comments below it, and you would see all of these spammers come in there to try to put links into their products or make, you know, make their name linked to something and say something to try to get some registered Google SEO goodness out of it. Um, yeah, well, that doesn't work anymore because they don't, they either the WordPress or the blog services don't allow links or don't register that stuff or you know, robots.txt doesn't contain anything that Google's allowed to index off it. So these guys have kind of gone away and that market disappeared. Well, now the market is to create the entire blog to be that spam. Um, and it's not just this product. It's going to be anything from this product to political uh, articles to fake news to whatever you want. It's out there and it is what it is. M- my position on it, is to recognize it for what it is and then for us to look at how do you deal with it and that's when it's going to get all different sort of reactions i think because i come from a very free market libertarian attitude and i'm like if you read this stuff and you get sucked into it bad for you bad luck suck it up learn from it but, you know, the nanny state out there would tell you, oh, no, we can't allow this and we have to blacklist it and not put it on Google or whatever. Yeah, okay, fine. But, you know, everyone's going to have an opinion on it. Seth? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Um, from some of the reviews I have seen on Playster, I wouldn't put it past them because, you know, you have the some people five star, oh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then others, you know, this is complete and other crap. Uh, it, it's, uh, I don't even recognize half the stuff they're offering. So I could, like I say, this told, I could see quote unquote guerrilla marketing by Playster doing this because bold fame is just simply a kind of a, it set itself up to be like a social media news site. Um, but you know, a lot of their, um, a lot of their, like half the articles on their front page have to do with um, audio books and why they're so great for readers. So, I, I you know, what, I don't know. It it could be. I I, I thought about try, giving it a thirty day trial to see, but based on this article, whether Playster did it or not, I don't plan on doing it because it just seems it seems a bit fishy to me. Yeah, there's a definite scum factor to it. 
Yeah. Um, and if if I were Poister, I would be actively trying to shut this crap down because of that. You know, assuming I was a, a, a an up and up company, a legitimate company, because nobody wants the 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 scum factor. That's why Amazon is seriously cracked down on discounts or free stuff for reviews because they were their image was being tarnished by these bought and paid for reviews. Uh, and I think a, a legitimate company will actively seek to remove that sort of stuff. But I'm not sure that. I can't be convinced either way that Playster is a legitimate company. Yeah, apparently. So if you can trust Wikipedia and, you know, who can't these days? Well, Playster probably wrote that article. Right. But it, it says they have um, audio an audiobook library that includes like the big five publishers. So, you know, they're not just trying to scrape together a bunch of independent crap and bundle it and make a legitimate business they seem to actually be making deals with legitimate publishing houses so in one sense that's a good thing and you know and if they're new i can see this but you know they also have an affiliate program so yeah so um, i, I which, went through uh and searched for some of the more common things blackstone audio uh, is a big audio pr- production they had some books there uh they had uh the uh, all the orson scott card uh, media there i forget the name of that company but they had they had all of those books so they do have some real deals and and i played the audio samples and they're the same books you know uh, ernest klein's ready player one as read by will wheaton um so it does it i'm sure i could find a book or two a month um to listen to there uh, right now i'm paying for the two books a month from audible uh and most months two is is enough if i pick a good book but sometimes i have to go back and and buy a couple of others or sometimes when i read something like pandora star uh, i end up banking uh credits for a while uh so you know to me i it's not looking like a screaming deal to me but i could say five bucks a month if i went with them if they had what i wanted and if the 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 it seems to be the exact same book and if the delivery of the app and that sort of stuff is the same then i i I think it's great all more power to them competition is a good thing uh but Another point I wanted to do, I want to move on a little bit from the scummy ad. Um, the the headline here is damaging to Amazon slash Audible if nobody ever reads the article because the the headline is Amazon, excuse me, Audible accused of scamming its loyal members. There is a a significant percentage of the population that will never read past that headline, and in that in the modern day, accused means convicted, and right. so Audible is now scamming loyal members that is a fact of uh, a reality because that headline was written and somebody read it and that that is a concern for me you know uh more from a social context uh i a personal example uh, a man i knew to be a very good man um was recently involved in some very public bad publicity um after all was said and done um that you know investigations done that sort of thing he was completely exonerated that news didn't make as big a splash but even when it did i saw articles um of you know responses to uh the court of law and the investigation everything saying this man did no wrong the responses i saw were well that's just the system letting the guy off Uh, we all know he really did it so the the fact that he was accused has i'm not going to say ruined but has altered this man's life permanently and forever uh and that's not new it's just easier now for you know an accusation to spread around the world people from all over the world were commenting 
on what happened in this little Texas town. Uh, and, and that, that reputation is now global, even though the activity was completely fictitious. Um, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. Accused equals convicted and, and f- apparently will be for now and forevermore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. cause you know, e- even if you produced a videotape that was shot five minutes before the announcement that says, Hey, look, I'm going to ruin I'm going to ruin President Trump's life by saying he had a homosexual affair with Will Wheaton, you know, or something like that. And then you took that would do more damage to Will Wheaton. Well, yeah, you know, but whichever one it would do damage to, if you played the announcement immediately followed by that, people wouldn't care because he would be guilty because somebody had the audacity to say it, whether it was true or not. And even if it was released as a prank, there would be, you know, you couldn't because he said, hey, hey, watch this prank I'm about to do. And then if he makes it part of the same video, he hasn't done anything. You know, you can't fault him for libel because he said he's doing a joke. But and he even, you know, says before the trans, but it doesn't matter. The accusation has been made. Therefore, it's true. And, you know, so I just I think it's social. You know, look, I understand victims need protection. That's what the law is for. But, you know, merely accusing doesn't, you know, doesn't make you a victim. You know, just because somebody made the accusation doesn't mean that person's guilty. And people don't want to think because we're not taught to think anymore. You know, this goes back to the if argument and debate and rhetoric were taught at, you know, a middle school, a high school and a collegiate level crap like this wouldn't matter because people would know the difference but instead we're too busy taking tests on how stuff makes us feel to actually learn anything in school and uh you know and then besides that cuts into your facebook time and where else are you going to learn how audible scams its loyal members if you can't get it off of fake news stories like this seth i salute you dude you have set, you said it perfectly you're right we don't there's no such thing as critical thinking in this world anymore it's consumption and consumption and overconsumption and nobody has a filter on anything and they believe everything they read and it's crazy i remember the day i mean i'm sure you guys do we used to go to the supermarket checkout and along the sides were all the you know the magazines and the print media and you'd see like news of the world and they'd have some space alien baby born from I don't know who it was at the time, Latoya Jackson. I don't know, but it, it was nuts, right? And you'd look at it and go, what a joke, you know, ha ha. People believed that stuff. Right. And then those people were the loons. They were the crazy people out there who believed it. That's fine. But then somehow, over the course of the years, news of the world became legitimate media. And how this ever happened is beyond me, but now they've become the, the real media and, and the real old school newspapers with journalists and editors and cross-checking facts and all of the things that they're used to, you know, with lawsuits of liabilities, they get it wrong and all that sort of thing. They kind of got boring and they went around the wayside because they weren't entertainment. But now we've, we've, we're just this like addicted mob of suckers that just get thrown all this stuff on here and we're like, oh, thank you very much more, please. And the reality is we don't critically think anything out and that's our problem. Now, you might, your opinion on something might differ from somebody else. 
that's fine. It's America. We're allowed to do that. It's, it's, it's our DNA. We're allowed to have conflicting discussions and it's wonderful because that's how good things happen. But well, it used to be we don't, allowed we don't to do that. Think. Yeah, we, you're right. We used to be. Now we upset each other if we, if we take a different opinion than somebody else and say la vie. Well, Miles, I think what's different, uh, between what you discussed in, you know, the National Enquirer versus boldfame.com is the National Enquirer, um, <clears throat> was pretty indiscriminate about who they accused of what. Uh, modern, the modern blogosphere is very careful to craft the right story. Um, if you accuse, a, uh, a a poor black teenager uh, of theft, that accusation is immediately true. If you accuse a rich white Republican of of theft, that is immediately true. If you accuse a priest of child molestation, that is immediately true. Uh, if you uh, you know, but the same isn't always true. If you accuse a uh, um, a liberal gay rights activist of embezzlement. Well, we're we're not. We need to to research that story. We need to look into that. So these things are are predisposed to or or tapping into the things that we're predisposed to already think. And Audible, giant company, um, scamming loyal customers. You read that, and well, yeah, of course that's true. Yeah, it's the it's the man the man trying to keep us down. That that headline is carefully crafted to make you believe it. Uh, and so I think. That's the difference between the National Enquirer, Latoya Jackson having an alien baby, uh, versus you know uh, anything that would might come out today. You know, Trump uh, uh, let the Russians steal the elections. Um, both may have the same amount of truth in them, but one is immediately re- accepted and the other is immediately rejected. You know, we used to. Your defense would be that's the National Enquirer. And people go, oh, crap, I didn't even think about that. But now it's like, but look at this website. And you go to this website, and now bold fame really doesn't. But, you know, there's the the right wing, far right wing, you know, um, every, you know, gay people are putting hormones and cereals to turn our kids gay and then you know you have the far left wing scientists are seeking to you know um, lobotomize homosexuals and you can go to those websites and they look good and now some of them obviously look like a kit somebody found from the 1990s but others of them they look good they look professional and they look polished and just looking at the website you can't tell if it's legitimate or if it's fake you know the the internet has brought you in, brought information to the masses but it didn't bring filters to the masses and if there's one thing the masses have proved is that we don't deserve all the tools we have today well you know uh, there's been a history this is goes back thousands of years we've we've always had gypsies We've had people who scam. We've had the the trickster on Las Vegas Boulevard with his three card Monty, you know, trick. And we've had the the gypsies in Rome who will rob you blind if you turn your back and they, you know, pickpocket you. We've we've had this is part of our history. We've learned after people have been routinely victimized by these things to eventually work out that that person's wrong. But what happens with the gypsies as soon as they get found out, they go run away, run away, and they reappear somewhere else in a different guise with a different shtick, and at some point they just do it all over again. Well, 
this is on acid now on digital well because you can reappear that blog site whoever put that thing together it's done its damage but they've probably gone on and done five others for fight whether it be against nike coca-cola mcdonald's ford who knows they've all probably had their uh, attack ads in the same way and these guys will just go back and crawl back into the woodwork and then pop out in a different place again we the viewer have to take on some sort of personal responsibility here and say, well, who's the sucker? It's us. We have to have critical thinking. We have to look at everything and realize maybe we can't trust everything we read on the internet. It used to be a joke, but it's real. You know, I, I saw it on the internet, so it must be true. Give me a break. Of course it's not, until it is proven so. Well, I think th- one of the reasons we used to as a society, accept things in print is because it took effort and expense to print something. So it wasn't, it wasn't financially worthwhile to print a lie, to print something that was going to be immediately dismissed. It took effort. Now it takes no effort to publish something. Um, and so we've carried those um, 19th century understandings of what it means to publish into a 21st century uh, world of instant, immediate, and accidental even publishing, uh, and so the 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 lizard brain is not developing at the rate of technology. Therefore, one would assume I'm going to go one step further with that. I think you're right. If that's the case, um, I think that what we're going to find is that legitimate media is going to start to implement paywalls because it's the only way they can guarantee that their content on their website goes in without any sort of artificial or versional, you know, that sort of thing. Um, uh, Case in point, uh, we were traveling from Rome to Florence on train and we're told uh, if you buy a a $50 railway ticket, it's a safe trip. You won't have any issue with any gypsies pickpocketing you, stealing your luggage, whatever. Why? Because they can't afford 50 bucks to get on the train, and so therefore you're safe. You paid your money. You've, In fact, by inference, you bought security. thing is that when you get off that train and you go and get on a regular everyday metro rail trip, we did a small trip to Pisa, which we could only get to on a regular train, which costs, I don't know, five bucks, something like that. It's really cheap. Oh, man, did I see gypsy after gypsy trying to steal luggage, trying to rip everybody off, trying to, you know, pickpocket the whole bit. I mean, I was on full-on guard alert for that little train trip. Why? Because the barrier to entry was so low. If we raise the barrier to entry for these guys, which is really hard to do on the whole freedom of speech internet thing, but if you raise the barrier to entry, you filter out all the bad stuff because they can't afford to spam if there's a cost to spam. Mm, wow, that's that's two principles coming uh, to a head-on collision there, isn't it? But electrons want to be free. <laughs> I know because someone asked them, and that's what they said. <laughs> so you know, we've we've been a, had a regular theme throughout the the five year run of this show, five years, um, uh, about the importance of personal responsibility, and I hadn't really. Uh, Miles, you you codified that in a way that we never really had before. With personal responsibility comes personal cost, and until you're willing to to pay the price, you'll never reap the benefits of a society of of full of personal responsibility because there is a cost involved. 
Yeah, just in the same way that if you move into a nice neighborhood and it's got an expensive property taxes or HOA or whatever, typically the crime rate's lower. Mm-hmm. You move into the cheaper neighborhood where there isn't those sort of costs and the crime rate is out of control because it they can't afford the police force. They can't afford the security in those areas. So the criminals just go to town and that's what you're paying for. You're not just paying for a nice house and, you know, good lawns and, and all of that. You're paying for by implication, a better secured lifestyle. But no, you're not talking about, you're not talking about personal responsibility and paying for what you value. You're talking about white privilege, Miles. You just need to come out and say it. What you said has (laughs) nothing to do with personal responsibility, and it's about white privilege and trying to keep everybody else out so you can maintain your island of perfection in the midst of the decaying of Western civilization. How dare you and your elite thinking is not something that a civilized, rational Rational society, and I can prove we're civilized and rational. Just look at Facebook demands and deserves in a 21st century America. Your your satire was oh oh so crisp and salty there, Seth, Uh, (laughs) but it was also entirely true. Well, no, I mean, look, er, yeah, go ahead, Miles. You go to the island of Barbados; it's exactly the same rule. The rich areas are not crime-free, but they're, they're certainly dissolved of crime to some degree. And the same would be true in China. The same would be true in Russia. The same would be true in Scotland. It's everywhere. It's not, it's not about an individual race or anything. It's about simple money. It's privilege. It, not necessarily white pri- privilege. Exactly. But- it's not privilege. I mean, and that's the thing. We, you know, the the left and those those evil people, they try to define it as privilege, but it's I choose to spend my money on safety rather than spend my money on 80-inch rims and 120-inch flat-screen walls and iPhone 7s every two months. You know, I choose to spend my money on security and that doesn't make it privilege that makes it different values the thing i value isn't the bling the thing i value is the safety that my family can sleep in at night so i mean you know that's just if one wanted to go that way and make that argument against the whole privilege debate someone might be able to and might be able to get a couple of sentences out before they were laughed out of modern society because you're not allowed to think that because that's not what we've been told to think. Well, the old saw goes, you get what you pay for. And we all know that to some degree it's true and to some degree it's not, but it's true more often than it isn't. Um, and, and the same is true for the axiom that you have what you earn. Um, right. You know, and you, 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 you have earned that privilege by working uh, or by scamming or whatever it is. But at some point along the way, uh, Paris Hilton's, ancestors worked their butts off so that she could be a spoiled rich brat um and that's the privilege she enjoys off of the back of the work of her ancestors um and you know this is this is the way the world is it's not american culture it's humanity it's it's uh, probably when we find other planets with intelligent life we'll find the exact same thing there you get what you work for uh and work 
the 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 accumulation of things that you get from what you work uh acquires uh with it carries with it a certain amount of privilege so if you want white privilege or whatever you know obviously a black man can't have white privilege but if you want privilege you work and true some people have to work harder for it i was what you call an underprivileged youth um and i used to chafe at that term underprivileged by definition is normal those who are privileged are abnormal Everybody else is underprivileged and therefore normal. Uh, so I, I had to work harder than most. I was not handicapped. I just had to work harder. I had a longer road to hoe than than other people. And that's okay. Some people, not everybody starts at the same point, but we all have the same ability to rise to the same height. And that's what's unique. Ah, that's a strong word, but I'm going with it. That's what's unique in, a, in human history about the American culture is that all people can rise to the same height. It's just a matter of how willing you, you are to work for it. Yeah, and, and beyond it. Here is the thing. You really get what you pay for, but the thing that nobody wants, everybody thinks payment equals money. But what are you paying for? I'm paying for the bombardment of crap because I want to be able to post on Facebook that I went to Whataburger at midnight and ordered breakfast and I arranged it on the tray to look like a face. You know, so what do I pay for that? These fake news stories um, and ads masquerade. So, you know, I have to walk in an extra level of discernment because I don't want to have to pay $2 when I log into Facebook and trust Facebook to keep out all the crap. I want to wade through it because, you know, I'm narcissistic and want to pretend like the world is looking at me. So, you know, I pay for my narcissism with this cacophony of crap that assaults every sense that I have in today's society. I just changed the show title. Cacophony of crap is the show title for this show. That's a I have to look up how to spell cacophony. But that that was amazing. You know, and if if you wanted to start a new podcast, I would want to start a new podcast and I would want to call it the Glue Factory. I think that would be awesome. There is there is historical precedent for what you're talking about. If you remember pre-internet when we used to have those dial-up BBSs, bulletin board services, and there were the big ones like CompuServe and Prodigy and, and eventually AOL, and you had to pay... I don't know, seven ninety five a month or ten dollars a month or something, and your modem could go and dial into the the that BBSs back then. Yeah, but the thing is, though, they were a pay for service. So when you got on there, whatever was being promoted or talked about in forums or whatever, there were always moderators. They would always look at something and they would say, "You can't say that and get rid of it," or you, you know, and you paid for that service in the same way that you pay a a butler or or somebody to look after you, or if you if you're wealthy enough to do that. What we did was we said we don't want to have a pay-for model for, for access on the internet. We want the world to be able to get to it no matter who you are, where you are. You can just get on the internet, no cost, right? Well, there's a cost to that. It's called junk <laughs> because junk gets thrown on there that we might not want. And I think maybe as we start realizing the efficacy of advertising is sort of diminishing and maybe that the value of of Facebook might be some sort of perceived value based on the number of signups and not really what it's doing. I think at some point we're going to return back to a model which says maybe I want to pay for a certain type of media I feel that I can rely on, and I, you know, I want to upvote its content with money. 
there there are services coming out in the cryptocurrency community that vote do exactly that. They want to use microtransactional payments to try to raise the quality of articles up because people are willing to put, you know, a Satoshi uh, as a vote of confidence against an article to push it up and that way guarantee this it's not going to get spammed out. Uh, if, maybe this will become the, the norm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, of a simple one-line sentence that encapsulates all of that. Something like, pay for what you like. Um, maybe that would that would work. Yeah, we could <laughs> use that. <laughs> um, well, this is a good time for me to tell you how you can pay us. If you like this content, and if you feel we've earned it, if you feel the work we've put in is worth it, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash element op element op or element op dot com slash patreon either of those will work it's a it's a reverse uh sort of thing and you can kick us a buck uh i used to say anything but now the minimum pledge is a buck uh you can kick us a buck or a hundred bucks whatever you want um and every time this show comes out um you, you will automatically be contributing to the hard work that we do here and it's more work than we make it seem, honestly. Um, and I and I hope that you feel that what we, the service we provide is of value. So this is my little plug there to, if you believe that we are valuable to you, um, go to elementop.com slash Patreon and, um, and check it out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to open the kimono a little bit. Last month I made $64 for the month of, of this show. That, that was the total income from all sources uh, for this show, $64. Now, that's enough to keep the lights going. It, it keeps the servers up and that sort of stuff. But I'm, I'm sure not making anything off of this. And Miles and Seth, you know, there's not a left, enough left over to, to kick them back anything at all um, for being on the show. I would love to be able to reward the work that they put in, but I rely on you to do it. And as, as Seth, as Miles said, uh, um, advertising just is failing as a support mechanism. For the masses, you know, when you get up in the top 5% or 1% of podcasts, you can support yourself on advertising. But when you're just swimming in the middle like we are, um, it's just not going to happen. So it's up to you. If you want this show to to thrive, the only way you can do that is to pay for what you like. I I hate doing these kind of commercials, but it is the, the state of the world. Well, I mean, you know, and like I say, it's, it is, that is countercultural from the i i'm entitled to free internet because i live in the 21st century i mean that's that's the argument because i'm alive now i'm entitled to free internet i'm entitled to free stuff to access the internet i'm entitled for not only free stuff to access the internet i'm entitled to high quality bling worthy same stuff the people who make all the money because they're no better than me i should have the exact same stuff that uh jay-z has because he's a man and i'm a man therefore we're equal he shouldn't be rewarded for the work he's done i should be rewarded for the work he's done because we're both people living today we deserve the same stuff and you know and there's a word for that and it's crap it's in our show title this week (laughs) so um but yeah so you know public service announcements and you know yes that was a plea for money but honestly it's a it's a serve the public good pay for what you like 
quit giving credence to all the stuff that's out there and you know in a in a in a sense look at look at all of the advertising that Playster got off of us you know hopefully we morphed it into something that can contribute to society and not just a free plug for them if in fact they didn't do bad things and create the blog and we don't know right. so it's all alleged and we right. we don't know but you the listener Put on critical thinking and work it out for yourself and don't take exactly what you hear from us as granted you work it out yourself. So just during the course of the show, I've been clicking around the Bald Fame website. I have not found an article that was not an advertisement for Poyster. Um, So whether Poyster is aware that this is a thing or not, it is unquestionably um, a, you know, honeypot for advertising for this service. All right. Uh, now, having said that, I'll skip over the uh, 10 great news stories that uh, Seth brought for us and jump straight to <laughs> Seth. What happened this week in history? All right, Mark. Well, in July the 13th, 1992, IBM, Toshiba, and Simmons and Alliance get together to develop memory chips. IBM announced an alliance with Toshiba and Siemens to develop memory chips for computers. The international cooperation marked a shift in the semiconductor industry, which had primarily seen such had seen such companies fighting bitterly with each other for control of the market. Experts pointed to the alliance as an example of a new global economy that had little use for borders. So that happened this week in history, Mark. And before I turn it back over to you, I want to remind the listeners our age and older, but point out to the younger listeners, there was a day that not all memory worked in all computers and it still doesn't today, but it's much wider, widely accepted. And, you know, you couldn't just get an a network card because network wasn't a standard build on the motherboard. You had to find a model that worked and then get drivers that worked with here and change slots. We talked about that before, but cross-company alliances like this in the early 90s paved the way for the explosion of the web in the late 90s and beyond. If if IBM stuck making their specs and Toshiba stuck making their specs, then you would have, you know, computers wouldn't be the commodities they are today. They would be pricey hunks and, you know, the IBMs wouldn't work the same way that Toshibas were, you know, and stuff like that. Stuff like this story that we take for granted today marks a huge shift that makes the way for the internet to become accessible to the masses. And so all that happened this week in 1992, Mark, and now back to you. It's very difficult to look through history and find an example where large mega companies working together was a bad thing. Um, It's out there. Um, but it's it's definitely the the small minority, and so when you got three giants, and these were giants, um, when they got together and said all computer memory will look like this from now on, that that built a foundation on which the modern world is laid. Absolutely, no small thing, and and yeah. just you know, 1992, 25 years ago, um, at 35 years ago, 25, 25, yeah, uh, that was not. You know, that was not a terribly long time ago, and the world changed 25 years ago. Yeah, and you know, it's... Twenty. I was out of high school. 25, yeah. 25 years ago, in one sense, golly, that's ancient history, but in another sense, 
think about 25 years if you go back from 92 to what would that be 68 67 what was the difference you know there was a little difference but less of a change in that 25 years than in this 25 years indeed and now seth i'm almost afraid to ask but what do you have to lower my productivity this week that's making you look like a better hiring option would you okay. get a job already so I can stop asking this question? <laughs> um, you know, this is called Cactus Blue Motel. And this is just a, it's kind of a stupid game. Um, you just, you, uh, you can uh, play the new game. And so you are a person and you're like, what action do you want to take? So you click, it's almost like if you remember those old books, like the Zork novels were probably the most famous pick your own adventure. You know, do you want to fight the orc or do you want to run away? This is, do you want to do a or B and go through this uh, text base game and, you know, and show your boss all the cool stuff you find online. They will love this. Um, Cactus blue. The link will be in the show notes, cactus blue motel. So I, <laughs> it's not great. This isn't rent a midget or build a backyard amusement park. <laughs> but, you know, if if they were all that way, you wouldn't recognize those for the awesomeness they are when we come across them. Not the, site, the oceans, but Cactus Blue Motel. The site does have some content warnings. It says game includes some cursing and discussions of existential ennui. So just be aware that's a thing. Average game plays about 40 to 60 minutes to play through. So if you got an hour to spend and you remember Zork fondly, check out Blue Cactus Blue Motel. Sounds like fun. I'm going to try this. Sounds like fun. <laughs> All right. Speaking of an hour to kill, uh, Miles' wife has been down in the hotel lobby patiently drinking highballs the whole time we've been doing this. We need to re- let her return from exile. Um, so I will wrap up the show by reminding you how you can contact us. Go to elementop.com and click on the contact us button at the top of the page. Answer the world's hardest captcha. Fill out the form there and that will send a, uh, an email that gets priority in my inbox. And you can be like those who spoke to us today. Um, or if you want to go one step up, have your actual voice actually in the actual show for actual real you can dial 559 IMOP and leave us a, a google voice message and we'll play it unless it's just obscene or really low quality we'll play it on the show and uh, hear what you have to say in your own words we appreciate your feedback we appreciate your money even more patreon.com slash element op is a way that you can do that um, so thank you for hanging out with us uh, Miles uh, you, you're a trooper you brought a podcast rig to another country for us um you know hey, I, my hat is off to you <laughs> no problem um, I'll, I'll be doing it again next week too from another undisclosed location okay <laughs> um just let me know when i need to put up the black bars and the voice modification uh, <laughs> no it's... hey seth are you podcasting remotely next week too yes that's my goal. Whoa! So there'd be two of us doing it. We we need to one time have all three of us doing a remote location just uh just because we've never done that before. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to Mark's place. <laughs> well, but then Mark would have to go somewhere else because we you know, we all need to be at our not normal location. Yeah, that's it. So Seth, you come here and run the show. And then I'll go across the street from my neighbor's house and podcast from there. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Um, 
my pleasure as always to hang out with you listening audience thank you for being with us and we'll see you next week uh, because that's it for this show and remember pay for what you like